Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tuesday over with on a hump day, middle of the week, man. I hope that your Mondays and Tuesdays was blessed, man. We're just pushing through the week. How you guys doing? How's everybody doing, man? Spot check. How's your mental state? If it's out of control, man, reel it back in. Get control of yourself. Center yourself. Focus. We're almost through the week, man. We're pushing through. So first and foremost, let me say thank you to all my subscribers, all my listeners for tuning in. Today is a continuation of the state's case that they're laying out. But before we get into that, I want to um, just give you a quick update of what's going on in the next couple of days because I got some good news. It's going to be hard for me to put a show out tomorrow or f- Thursday or Friday. Them, these next three days coming up because I am going to the ATL spot check ATL. What's up? I'll let your boy when I get there, man. Coming up to ATL to be on the set of a show called Terror Lake Drive. Now you know me if you know me by now. If you don't know, now you do know. I'm not a TV watcher, so I know nothing about this show. I don't know nothing about Ozark that I was on. And several others, you know, but but listen, man, I'm trying to work my way up the ranks, man. You know, right now they got me in the backdrop, but it's first backdrop, which means that I'm right in the camera next to the big peeps. I'd be whispering in there, man, shoot me some lines. Shoot me some lines, man. Come on, man, shoot me some lines. But that's it. So I'll be going up to ATL for the next couple of days, man. I'm getting ready to dip out of here as soon as I get done with this recording and get it online for you guys. So keep a lookout for me, man. If you watch the show, Terror Lake Drive. I don't even know what channel this is on, man. I'm telling you, I don't know nothing about this, this these people's TV. And you know how Hollywood is, man. They're all in my business. So I don't want to say too much about nothing. I'm just giving you guys the deal of where I'm going to be at. I know my YouTube channel slipping a little bit. I haven't been able to put out episodes over there either. But I have been taking interviews. So I do need to get these things edited and get them out as well. But I'm busy trying to survive, man. I'm grinding. I barely got food on my plate. You know, so I got to I gotta put food on my plate. And, and still bring you guys the news, man, of what's going on. Still try to unite America. Still try to bring us strong. And still just try to, you know, give the tempo of what's going on in the streets, man, you know. So it's all about education. It's all about erasing stigma here on the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show. So getting into the day, man. And, you know, and, and who wants to watch TV? You know, honestly, like who wants to watch fictional TV when we have real life? Honestly, today was a show banger, man. I was intrigued the whole day through on today's trial man it was it was tense there was there was a lot of thickness in the courtroom a lot of hostility is is getting is starting to get thick because like i said yesterday the prosecution had a what then people had to come in and step up today they had to change something up man and guess what if you listen to the kid you'll see i was right what did i say from the beginning you can go back and play episode one of the Arbery trial and I will let you know then these people have everything in the bag the state has everything in the bag all they got to do is sit back Linda sit back and let the evidence work itself 
let these people, right, these three mongrels, try to explain the mess. Now, see, this is why it is very important. Every attorney will tell you it is very important to keep your mouth shh. Keep your mouth shut, man. When you know that you committed a crime, whether you feel that you're guilty or innocent, don't say anything to anybody. Because what unfolded today is the mountain that this defense team has to climb and get over all because the daddy, Mr. Greg McMichaels, Greg McMichaels. One of the mix. It's always the mix. So the daddy, right, told everybody he came in contact. I mean, this dude would not shut the hell up. The officer that I'm getting ready to tell you about couldn't even interrogate him because he was running his mouth to so many people. People are coming up out of the blue. This is a crime scene. This is a murder. This is what's so disgusting and what's unfolding about the trial is the callousness and concern towards Ahmaud Arbery at all. There was none. Zero zilch. So now getting into the testimony of Officer Brenda Berry. He was the third responder to the scene. Now he testified that he was... He was actually sick that day. This was his second day on the job. He was an officer in some, you know, some past life, different experiences. He does have training. Um, but however, for this county, I believe this was his second stint with the county. Coming back, this was his second day on the job. He did not have enough in to accrue any sick time, so he was sick this day. He was out doing his rounds. Um, he heard uh, come across the radio shots, fired, and reported to the scene. His primary focus and task at the scene was to question Greg McMichaels. Again, I must say that Officer Brendan Berry is the first uh, witness on the stand, and I feel that the most detrimental to the defense team, but the first officer on the stand to really just come up and, as far as I could tell, report the facts of what happened that day. I don't think he had anything to cover up. He There was a couple of mistakes that possibly he could have made, but again, the scene is chaotic. So I, I understand these little mistakes that he made, which we can get into. But, uh, you know, for the most part, he, he seemed very sincere and he seemed like he didn't have anything that he was covering up. Remember, the first witnesses were the first ones to arrive on the scene and there was the whole wanting to understand what happened you know what happened that these guys were not contained these three defendants how come they weren't contained how come they weren't in handcuffs how come you know one of them was allowed to go home there was the the world wants to know these questions and it's unfolding in front of us i do not believe that brenda berry had any part in that he was just showing up and taking orders because he was not first on the scene so he's just there to help out and his task was to interview Greg McMichael. 
So in this process, you know, he's he's describing the the chaotic scene. You know, he's describing how there's people all over. Nobody's contained. The people are just walking up, talking to each other freely, as we discussed in yesterday's episode. You know, it, it's just there was no scene integrity. There was no 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 control. It was again. It was just a nonchalant cleanup, as if. You know, whatever the McMichael said was believed and, and it was self-defense. And, you know, you got Greg McMichael running around telling everybody that Ahmaud Arbery trying to wrestle the shotgun away from his son and, and how his son had to shoot him in self-defense. And it was just a complete fuck off. You know, and, and again, as I, I keep saying, you know, for for just because he can't say it, but there was just no care or concern for this man not even to hold his hand as as he laid there dying there there just wasn't you know and at one moment you had greg mcmichael as he's talking to a neighbor so you have this neighbor that walked up that had concern okay this is while the interrogation is going on between officer brenda berry and greg mcmichael he's still trying to get a statement from him he reported greg mcmichael as very animated very amped up, hyper, and that testimony, and within that testimony, it was, you know, a neighbor that walked up, and he was actually showing concern that this person that was now deceased in the road may have been somebody that lived on the corner. So now there's an individual that lives on the corner that this neighbor thought may have been the individual that was laying in the road and he was showing concern he wanted to come and ask Greg during the middle of a statement of a murder what happened you know and Greg obliged and let him know absolutely what he, what happened from his perspective and the neighbor showed concern that it was a gentleman from down the road that had a little shuffle and Greg acknowledged this gentleman by saying oh the guy with the shuffle no 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 that wasn't him this asshole is the one that was, this is the asshole we were looking for, something to that effect. But he responded by calling Mr. Ahmad Arbery, which is now deceased, an asshole. While his body is, as testified at court, laying approximately 30 feet away. These are the individuals that we're dealing with, these three redneck, ignorant mongrels. They're animals. The same mentality that they have towards black people that black people are savages and animals and ignorant that they are that and this is why they hate black people because in their mind black people are an image of what they know that they are officer brenda berry was i believe a i think it was a death blow to the defense because there's it showed greg mcmichael as a pure racist there was a moment where the defense was trying to get Mr. McMichael's license plate withheld from being introduced as evidence, introduced as evidence, because, of course, the man's license plate is what? A Confederate flag, of course, right? But they don't want that seen. They don't want the jury to see that he has a Confederate flag on the front of his truck. Why? Why? Because he's going to be looked upon as a racist? The man's driving around with it on his truck. For the world to see. And that's exactly how the judge responded. 
You have it on your truck for the world to see. Why are you not wanting to show it to the jury now? And he overruled it. And it got shown to the jury, as it should. Because that's that's case in point. And it got real sloppy. You know, the defense team got real sloppy. Greg McMichael's attorney got got real sloppy. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Because there was a moment where the judge... We had to take a break midday because uh, Greg McMichael. I, I keep wanting to call this guy Randy McMichael. Who the hell is Randy McMichael? I know that damn name. I'm going to have to Google that and see who the hell Randy. Because every time I want to call this schmuck by his name, I keep wanting to call Randy McMichael. Who the hell? I'm going to ask that. That's going to be the question. That's going to be the question for the for the conversation. Who the hell is Randy McMichael? So anyhow. There was definitely a lot of chess play, intense chess play between both sides, between the state and the defense. The prosecutor definitely got a lot of one-ups. Again, as I keep telling you guys, look at the power that the prosecutor has within the courtroom. Just watch the whole scope of how everything unfolds within the courtroom and how much the prosecutor leads that way. So with that being said... They ruled the day. They really stepped up. They really stepped up today. So to sum up the Brandon Berry testimony is really that it just showed that these guys were, it was a lynch party. You know, Greg McMichael um, displayed his racism over and over again in the callous way of, of his display towards the incident that happened, um, his lack of, of any empathy whatsoever for the deceased, um, the fact that there was no proof whatsoever, there was no proof whatsoever, there was never any inclination towards a citizen arrest, there was nothing that what they're trying to claim now as a defense was established through the testimony of of this officer here. Um, if anything, the officer showed completely opposite. You know, that these guys were just amped up. They were worked up. Um, there were what they suspected break-ins and things that were missing. And and um, it's possible that, that items were missing. I'm sure that there was. But there was no conclusive evidence whatsoever to point to the fact that Arbery was involved in any of these crimes. So, yeah, the... The testimony of of this officer was was pretty much the nail in the coffin, in my opinion, for the defense. I, I don't see how they're going to overcome. I get the defense. You know, the fact that how it's playing out is the defense is, is, is really just trying to show the fact that it didn't even matter if Ahmaud Arbery was the one that was breaking into the homes or whatever. It was they're just trying to show the fact that these this is the mindset that these people were on, that they were on the fact that they were protecting their property. There was break ins. This kid was was apparently kept showing himself up, you know, up and down these these blocks. They had the surveillance footage of them. But again, this is the defense. This is what these attorneys are trying to portray and the story they're trying to lay out is that it was just a presumption, speculation, 
right? The the state keeps getting up, showing the fact that behind it. But then what the defense gets up to, you know, to to defend against that is, isn't that what a suspect is? These people are suspected of doing something. So when somebody's suspected of doing something, when you suspect somebody of robbery, of burglary, of murder, there are reasons why these people are suspects. Again, it was never even mentioned. It was never by either of the three defendants. It was never mentioned. It was never brought up to any of the officers. It was never yelled at to Arbery. There was never any mention of stop, citizen's arrest. No, it was stop or I'll shoot you. Stop or I'll blow your fucking head off. And that's supposed to make a black man in the middle of a white neighborhood stop and be questioned. So again, there's not a doubt in my mind that they were in that state of mind that there was break-ins around the house, you know, in the neighborhood, things of that nature. They wanted to catch them. They wanted to find out who it was, you know, teach them a lesson about stealing, things of that nature. But again, it, it was it was it could have been any black person, any black person that would have happened along those roads, that street in that particular day was going to was going to get because these people have been working themselves up for weeks if you listen to their stories about the break-ins and all of this stuff and they've been watching this kid on the video they say that in one of the videos where he's walking through the abandoned house that he you know reached into his pants for a gun but all he was doing clear as day was grabbing his crotch you know as he was walking and these are the speculative reasons why they killed him they murdered him. So this is what the defense is trying to do, and it's just not working. It's, it's impossible because, one, Greg McMichael ran his mouth so much and said so many things that it makes it almost impossible. So the next witness that we had on the stand was Detective Marcy, and he was the lead detective in the case. And, again, it was... um. This was a debacle, man. You know, it started getting towards the end of the day. There was a lot of pauses. There was a lot of a lot of uh, standing around, waiting on technical issues. The jurors started losing interest, started, you know, going to sleep. Some of them, a uh, lady was, was caught napping and the such. Some was going to the bathroom extraordinarily, you know, long and such. So <clears throat> it was a long, grueling day. It was a long, grueling day for everybody. And then, you know, this this Detective Marcy, you know, they had this guy on the stand all day. Then we had to take another recess because, come to find out, Detective Marcy let the court know that the transcripts were incorrect. The wordings of what was said was correct, but who was doing the interview was not correct. So, therefore, they were questioning Marcy about incidents that he had no knowledge of he was just reading from the script and then he let the you know notify the court like hey this isn't me this is another guy the transcripts are wrong so of course that turned into a, a battle of wits of who who missed it you know at the end of the day all these attorneys in the room agreed that these trans you know these transcripts were were authenticized and correct they all signed off on it they all agreed to it and it presented itself in court just to find out what it's not accurate. So that's the type of day it was. You know, it was long. It was grueling. Detective Marcy 
um, had a lot of a lot more insight into again the racism going on into the decision making of the killing of of Ahmad Arbery that day. Uh, the chess game started to get a lot more intense, and you just had you know again if if you're in a courtroom, all of this is played for the jury. This is one thing that you guys have to understand. If you're watching the trial, everything that you see is a play on the jury. The way that the prosecutor scruffs her face at, at what the attorney's saying or don't. It's just all for the jury. It's a play. It is 100% a play. And it's, it's, it's a play between two sides. So... The defense attorney, they're, you know, they're scribbling notes on a board big enough for the jury to see it, but they're acting like it's, it's just them writing notes. So it's, it's just these little things that, that, you know, each side tries to get in for the jury to sway the jury's mind. And it ended up catching up to, of course, again, it didn't catch up to the prosecutor. It caught up to the defense team. And this is what the judge said. The Superior Court. It is axiomatic that counsel show at least respect for what the court is doing. And what you just did shows a lack of respect for what the court is trying to do here, which is create an environment which is fair to all parties. I would suggest that you take a moment to think about that. I'm going to step off the bench because I found that, um, I'll just call it rude. Um, I have tolerated a number of things in the courtroom, including, you know, flip charts, writing in the middle of, I mean, the, the jury gets distracted when you were doing the flip charts here, jumping up and moving the boards. Um, I would suggest that you temper um, some of that very quickly um, because it will not be tolerated in this court. And um, I... Um, I will leave it at that. I do not need an explanation. I do not need an apology. None of that. But I would suggest that we take a moment and think about the way that you're reacting to the court's uh, instructions and rulings. We're in recess. Thank you. So this is this is what's been going on. And, and the judge has really been letting it slide. Again, as I said, as much as possible. But he had the, the, the favor is always going to go to the prosecutor. So this was directed at Greg McMichael's attorney because he kept bringing out flip charts. And, and he's he's the guy. I don't want to say that the guy was a clown. That's the uh, the image that he was given. Maybe he was trying to gain sympathy from the jury and he was doing these things purposely. I, I have no idea what the strategy was, but again, it didn't look good on him. You know, and the court's instructions was what he was doing was not allowed. He wasn't allowed to bring these big flip charts where, you know, people have to break their neck to look around, you know, and, and it's just too distracting. Yet he's doing it. And then while the prosecution is talking, this attorney's over there shuffling and, and doing things. And it's he's causing distractions on purpose. Again, these are all mind tricks. They're all games played for the jury but sometimes they backfire on you they give you an appearance that you may not be looking for so at this point what do they have to lose it's not like it's a it's a close battle this is a david and goliath greg mcmichael did so much damage running around talking to everybody and saying the things that he said 
that it's it's almost indisputable. You know, they're trying to cover up the fact that these aren't racist pigs, but you can't because they, they did everything except blatantly say that I'm a racist pig and I wanted this black man dead. But they pretty much said it in so many other different ways. So that's it, man. It's 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 getting high. It's getting intense. This was a, a huge score for the prosecuting team for the state. And I honestly think in my mind that the jury's probably already gotten their mind wrapped up. I, I really honestly think that the judge does. And, and I'm kind of anxious to see how the judge is going to come down on these people because the testimony is sick and it's bone chilling. It really is. It really is to listen to these people talk. And that's the mindset that we're trying to eradicate. That's the mindset I'm trying to eradicate here on the Thomas Framey Podcast Show. We do that with education. We do that with love. And we do that by erasing stigma. So, again, you guys, I'll be out of touch here shortly. I'll still be, you know, on my social media doing my things. I'll be taking some pictures. But I'm going to go up here and, and smash this part, man, and hopefully move on to a bigger piece, man. So until then, you guys take care of yourselves. Stay blessed. Stay out your emotions. Stay one. Be your best self. Peace. I'm out.